welcome to Out and About with the Measured Pencil. Bonus. We're going to try this again. We have new technology. Out and about, and about, and about. We'll see if this works. We're in the car again. Once again, heading to St. Paul. Once again, heading to Dungeons and Dragons. Yay! We got out of the room. Got out of the room, thankfully. Oh, good lord. (laughs) It went exactly how I wanted it to. There was just enough time to where it was still confusing and befuddling, but then somebody figured it out, Josh figured it out, and then we were on our way. The best thing about last time, we show up, and one of the people there, Elizabeth, comes up to us and says, Oh, yeah. I just used your podcast to figure out what to get my nephew for his birthday. Yes, What did she have? She had a fire engine red Carandash 844. Oh, my gosh. So Excellent choice. Yeah. We, we are planning to do a gift-giving episode, but that's for the holiday season. First and, time hearing about it. <laughs> I know we talked about this. <laughs> no, I'm on board. Let's do it. Uh, so we'll give recommendations, but can't go wrong with a mechanical pencil. No, you can't. Especially that one. Try and go wrong with it. I dare right. you. Right. It's awesome. And I promise that we'll eventually... Actually, I can't promise that we'll <laughs> stop talking about the Karandash because it's awesome. My wife upon hearing that elizabeth got one for her nephew said oh that's a great idea for a gift idea for our nephew oh (laughs) yeah i don't know that they listen but surprise surprise you might be getting a pencil yeah spoiler alert if you are listening and if you are listening great you know if you're not then you could have found out sooner or you could also tell us which pencils you are interested in yeah, because you'll hear this before Christmas, so then you could reach out. You could shape the history or the future of your gift by reaching out. Calling in right now. Call in. I'm actually on my phone, so you could call in. <laughs> and fun update, I actually went to the pumpkin patch with my family on Saturday. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it was cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wind was no joke. Oh, yeah. It's the best. This is my favorite time here. When it warmed up, the kids were good sports. They jumped in. I don't know if your place has this, but they have, like, imagine a big, huge 20-yard by 10-yard sandbox, except it's not a sandbox. It's all corn. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is. Yes. So we did that. We did the corn maze. We actually got pretty deep into the pumpkin patch this year. Before really? we found it. Yeah. Nora picked out, my gosh, the thing had to be a 35-pound <laughs> Nice. They charged by the pound, so I did the math, and we came home with over 50 pounds of pumpkin. <laughs> we, then, no, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm itching to jump in with my own story. Go ahead. No, no it's more interesting than me listing off Hayride and uh, Halloween decorations. Uh, what did you get for Halloween decorations? <laughs> Sean found this little skeleton, and you push it. And it starts dancing to uh, Living La Vida Loca. Oh, classic. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know what's Halloween about that, but it was awesome. What if that becomes like a new Halloween anthem? Oh, I'm 100% for that. Yeah. It's yes. And then Nora got some hair clips. Okay. Nice. So she can wear those more often. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Because you said last time that your kids like to grab the first pumpkin they see, but this time they, they went roaming, they went venturing out? Yes. We got off the beaten path a ways. They didn't just pick the first one. They even self-censored and like, oh, this one's rotten. Let's move on. Oh, good. They fortuitously picked two pumpkins that are still on the vine. Yeah. You know, most pumpkins in a pumpkin patch have been pre-cut and set out. Yeah. Because, you know, us tourists pick over them. Yeah, we don't have knives or saws on us. 
but I did because I worked on a pumpkin farm and every year I bring my knife and Smart. every year I never use it. What kind of knife? It's a very basic, it's just three blades. It's a Winchester. Oh, okay. I got it in Door County yeah. in 2007. <laughs> it was a memorable trip that I can remember when and where. If we could do a podcast about knives, I'd oh, be yes. all over that. Oh, that's a rabbit hole that I would love to go down. The budget on that show would have to be incredible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You need some sponsorship to dive into that yes. world. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so, yeah, I got to use my knife. It's beautiful. It's got a nice wooden handle. Yes, I can kind of picture that, I think, in my yeah. head. Or at least it's what I'm picturing is really cool. So it's, it's nice when you get to, like, you bring a tool, you get to use the tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a good feeling. We uh, Yes, our place had a big corn pond pool type thing. It's like the size of, yeah, like a sandbox. It, I think it's a little bit smaller. It looks like some kind of farming industrial tub for like bathing oh, nice. pigs or something. But Ours was completely created. They did hay bales oh. all around it so they could make it any size. So this was like if we had gone there just for that. And I told the kids, we're going to drive 35 minutes away. Mm-hmm. We're going to go and watch you jump into a pool of corn and then leave they would have been like cool let's do it yep. like that's all they wanted to do yep. we had to like tear them out of there they weren't even enticed with the apple cider donut which was <laughs> i thought was absolutely astonishing it was like super fresh and no nobody else wanted one which i don't understand we did the hayride we did the uh, pumpkin patch isla was going for the ugliest creepiest pumpkin <laughs> so she ended up with one of those like white or like off gray kind of mm-hmm. greenish ones i don't know if that's like a I don't know if that's like a screw up or if that's a gourd or if that's like a, I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure it's a different kind of pumpkin. Okay. So that's what she went with, which is hard to find one that you could actually carve. Yes. Typically, but we did find one that we might be able to carve. Lord knows what we're going to find when we cut into it. But (laughs) then Otto on the way out to the uh, pumpkin patch uh, was trying to bet me that there would be a an actual corn maze and i was 99 percent sure there wasn't but he was dead set on betting me so then he's like if he wins he would owe me twenty dollars and if i won i would owe him five dollars and i was really <laughs> confused where he came up with those numbers but i evened up the numbers still took the bet though so like i wasn't totally ethical about it but i still made the bet but i did even the amounts out so there was not a corn maze spoiler alert yeah picked up pumpkins they charged just like eight bucks so that was cool like, oh nice just a flat rate yeah nice. so that was cool got some carameled apples picked our own apples which i can't even remember what we got it was like honey crisps and something else and so i don't know we got some but yeah it was really good to go now when you carve your pumpkins do you roast the seeds uh like every other year i do that nice. because the well, year that... that i do it nobody eats them and mm-hmm. they go to waste so I'm actually due to do that this year because we didn't do it last year. So you need a year where everybody forgets. Yes. yes. And I forget that no one eats it. And then I'm like, oh, this sounds good. I should try that again. Very nice. I can only imagine that you're a pumpkin seed roaster. Mary loves them. Yeah. Um, I could go either way. Yeah. But because she loves them, I go all in. And because like, we'll end up carving like six pumpkins. Mm-hmm. So I'll do several batches of seeds. One will be like cinnamon sugar. Oh, One nice. will be like cayenne and chili pepper. Yeah. One will be just salt. You know, I'll do different flavors with it. Yeah. Maybe 
toss one in hot sauce kind of thing. What's your recipe? I think I'm doing it right. <laughs> I I just make it up as I go. Generally, I'll put it in a, a bowl where I can like mix it around. I'll put some oil in. Yeah. Does that help it? Do you, dry, you have to dry them out beforehand or? I don't. Just get them right in. So straight out of the pumpkin, you're already doing stuff yeah. to them? Guts still attached to them? As much of the guts off of them as possible. Okay. Maybe rinse them off, maybe yeah. not. I, again, I kind of play it fast and loose. Uh, <laughs> but I don't dry them. Yeah. I get the oven as hot as I can. Okay. I always have to roast them for longer than I think. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, I found that too. Do you flavor them before roasting them or after? Before. Before, okay. So I'll do a little bit of oil around yeah that's kind of like the glue yeah olive oil or what kind of oil i use sunflower oil oh fancy this is a high smoke point yeah i've been hearing a lot about smoke points recently um, that i shouldn't be using olive oil for just about anything olive oil i think is more for flavor okay if you're really trying to get something with like a, a nice sear yeah or something to toast up i would use something with a higher smoke point okay because olive oil will just burn yeah Kind of like butter. So sunflower oil in a bowl, mix it around. That's the binding agent. Mm-hmm. And then you just sprinkle on whatever the hell is handy. Yeah. I'm going to do that this year. Yeah. The, the sugar becomes tricky though, because you got to toast it long enough for the seeds to be crispy, but the sugar will oh, burn yeah. at some point. Yeah. That'll caramelize and then burn or something. Yes. Yes. The, the spicy ones or the salty ones are much easier to do than the... How do you do the uh, hot sauce? Do you put that on after? No. I you just, still put it on before? Yeah. Even with the oil, it still adheres to it? Uh, I don't need as much oil oh, okay. for that. Are you a Nicolet guy or a Nicolette guy? <laughs> I think it's different regionally. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, because I grew up in the Upper Peninsula on the very east end. And uh, is it Jean Nicolet? I have no idea. He I should a, know. He, Whoever this individual was, he was a French explorer yeah. of the upper Great Lakes region. Yeah. And he was over there, too. And I always went with Nicolet. Yeah. But I think over here, it's definitely Nicolet. Oh, it's, yes. It's and a, I would not pronounce it otherwise. No. I don't want to sound like I'm not from here. The ridicule and derision. Exactly. Yeah. It's a hard T, Nicolet. And it should be Nicolet. I think it should be Nicolet. But, and that's always how you tell who the outsider is. Mm-hmm. Like when the weather person gets it wrong on TV, I'm like, oh, oh, Lord, they didn't get to you in time, did they? The sooner that it gets darker, the less I want to leave the house. Yeah. I When I got in the car tonight, I definitely had that thought. I was like, oh, it's a lot darker. Yeah. I don't know that I want to do this. I know. <laughs> like, I like the cool weather and the yeah. and all that, but uh, yeah. I want to be on my couch with a book right now. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I'm reading the Malazan, Malazan series. They're this like high fantasy. Each book is like a thousand pages long. They're it's so it's so cool. Like so many different characters. Each book is kind of standalone, but it all kind of lines up. It's really fun. Really cool world to dive into. I don't think we'll hit traffic, but it kind of looks oh we might. Is there baseball traffic? Oh yeah. Maybe. Is that tonight? I should know. Oh, since it it's that season, I got a question for you. Yo. Did you have a favorite Halloween costume growing up? Uh, yes. I liked costumes that had a prop or mm. 
more precisely a weapon. Sure. I yep. remember yep. being a vampire that for some reason had a two bladed hand axe. Okay. I, I, you know, not <laughs> as vampires do. Yeah. As most vampires, I think that was in Bram Stoker. They just cut it out of the movie. No. Right. Yeah. I remember a vampire costume with like the white face and the blood trickles down my chin with the, the fake the fangs and the uh-huh. cape and everything but it's hard not to talk about the halloween blizzard of like oh yes yeah and how much that just sort of like changed because then that point on every costume in my parents eyes had to be oversized so that we could get <laughs> winter clothes underneath it so it really changed how we prepared for Halloween. What was your favorite costume or what was your memorable Halloween costume? I was talking to my wife about this and I have to laugh. She's like, you remember all your costumes. I'm like, because like between first grade and seventh grade, I had two costumes. Oh yeah. Cause I love them so much. I yeah. was a ghost. Yeah. And then I was a vampire. <laughs> yes. And that's all I needed. Yeah. As a, a little one, I had an epic Robin Hood costume. Oh, and there's this amazing picture in our house of me in my Robin Hood costume standing next to some dude in a gorilla suit. Okay. And I was always like, oh, both of those are so great. Is that your dad? I'm like, nope. They're <laughs> like, oh, who is it? We don't know. <laughs> some random dude. Yeah. Literally swinging from trees down the street. Wow. In his gorilla suit. Nice. And my parents asked if I could get my picture taken with this stranger. Okay. And it uh, lives on. Nice. Oh, man. I remember the year when Halloween started to get too, we were clearly getting too old for it. Mm-hmm. When we started to get really efficient and we started trick-or-treating with rollerblades on so we could just, it's oh, brilliant. So we could get to house. But the thing was, is it's always faster to cut through yards. True. But on okay. rollerblades, you're like, do you risk your bearings and your wheels to try to go ripping through yards, you know, and then potentially make people mad. So and then you have to go up and down stairs. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it seemed like a great idea, but then in practice, it didn't end up being so great. Interesting. And then we would, we always would increase the circle, right. Of where Mm -hmm. we were going to go to. So the area that we would hit got wider and wider and wider. And then it would get later and later and later. And we're like the only ones out there. (laughs) We've already dumped our candy off at home like twice. Or we brought like our school backpacks too. And Mm -hmm. we're like filling that up. And yeah. Was there an area in your neighborhood that you guys would hit? Like go out of your way to hit because they had better candy or? Where I grew up, it was so small. Yeah. You just did everything. Oh, okay. (laughs) There's about four streets. Oh. (laughs) I mean, you saw all your friends. Yeah. Because also you didn't have that many friends. Yeah. <laughs> you just went up and down the streets and there was everybody. Okay. Everybody knew you when you knocked on the door. Yeah. I never tracked it, but yeah, there was always people who had the better halls. There were definitely neighbors who, or friends, like when we knocked on their door, they'd be like, oh, hold on. And they had a special treat just for us. Oh, nice. Which was really cool. Yeah. Did you have a house that would give out like pencils or pennies or something? yes yeah we had one of those too that was we always would forget because every year we'd be like we're not going to that house again <laughs> there was a house this was three years ago yeah with my daughter oh this mom nailed it knocking the door trick-or-treat she goes hello here's a toothbrush oh wow i waited just long enough yeah. for an awkward silence she's like no 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 you can it was a prop. Like oh, she did the same toothbrush nice. to every kid. Yeah. But she did. I was like, you are awesome. That's fantastic. 
And the best part, I think Nora's so sweet. She's just like, okay. That's great. That's like a yeah. test. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. she should have two different bowls of candy for the kids that are nice about it and the kids that are not yes. nice about it. Because Sean would have definitely been like, no. <laughs> like, no, dude, just say thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am like kind of, I don't know what the right word is, frustrated or just aware of how much more alcohol has become prevalent. And maybe I'm just like, sensitive to that now but at least a couple different houses i I was as a parent offered booze yep either as like a a shooter or like a small bottle of wine or or like one house had shots just like and i'm like really like why do we have to like can this just can it just be about the kids like i i've seen more and more like houses where the parents all get together and have a bonfire and then and you can tell they're all Oh, they're drunk. They're drunk, you know, and then they're like, oh, yeah, the candy's over there or something. And oh, look at the costumes. So cute. Yeah, it's like, why? Why do I have to explain that being scary? Yeah, yeah. Why can't it just be, like, about the children? And I don't know. Maybe is that a, a, a generational thing? Can I blame that on a millennial type thing? Or is that just? I, I've seen it as everybody, like, people who are you know, older retirement age doing yeah, that. I've yeah, seen it as that's true. mom and her wine club. Yes. I've seen, I think it's been everything. I, I can at least say, I feel like they've been more discreet here oh, okay. in Minneapolis. Yeah. They, they made no bones about it in Wisconsin. Okay. So this isn't a new thing that I'm, I'm only just noticing it because of my situation. It's crept up. It's gotten more and more, the thing to do with especially with like those solo stoves. The solo stoves. I was just gonna say I feel like there's a direct correlation between yeah. those. Yeah. I, it's like the cool thing is to have a solo stove and then to have all the neighbors over. I wonder if it's just a pre empty nest thing. Mm, like, yeah. oh my kids I, oh, I, I like can't a, go I can't go trick or treating with my kids anymore. Yeah. Oh I wanna I want the solo stove. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get out the solo stove and have Brenda and James over. Yeah, know? we'll whip out the fireball and it's always fireball. It's always fireball. It's always fireball. Yeah, that stuff's disgusting. It's it's weird, and not anyone's fault, but it's weird to be sober now and to have that kind of encounter that out in the wild, especially where I don't expect to, and that's why I think I was kind of hypersensitive to it the first couple of years. I think I'm more ready for it now or but it, at first it really bothered me because i was like i yeah. thought this was a safe space i was just gonna take my kids out trick-or-treating and now people are throwing alcohol in my face and, and they're they, not sensitive about no, it no they're not they just assume that you want it it's just like and i got a little something for you too dad it's like no i don't i'm, I'm good i don't you know and or even if you're sober like i don't want to get sloppy drunk and right my kid yeah it's not, right it's not even just a sober thing it's just like a, hey it's tuesday and i gotta work tomorrow i don't know yeah yeah, it it has alcohol in our society is very normalized, and it it's there's never any shortage of excuses or holidays or reasons that people and liquor companies will find you know to make it a thing. Here, there's this weird like closeted shame thing that also goes with it. Yeah, where like I've spent several trips in Ireland, and yeah, dear God, they have a drinking problem with all this. <laughs> But their relationship to it's much different. Yeah. You can go out the, to the pub to get trashed or whatever. Yeah. But, like, that's the agenda. It's, it's not not every time I put a beer in my hand am I going to get trashed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just feel like so many people 
it just becomes their mission whenever they have beer around. Yeah. And then they pretend like they don't. <laughs> or, yeah. Like there's a whole line of drinkware around that's marketed basically around that so that you can hide it. Yeah. Like Yeti has all those different size mugs that are clearly marketed towards they will hold enough, you know, ounces for a beer or a tall boy. Mm-hmm. They have those Yeti, uh, they, they look like the top of a wine glass without yep. the stem. We all know what's in there, but there's a level of now you can hide it. Plausible deniability, I guess. I think because of that shame, it it maybe leads to more excess, if that yes. makes sense. Yes, no, I 100% agree. Like, there's no conversation about it to know where the boundaries are. You yeah. just don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah, everyone makes up their own boundary. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those taboo subjects. Yeah. So instead of talking about it, we just do it. Right. <laughs> we get in trouble because of it. Yeah, and as a, as a species, anything taboo instantly becomes so much more attractive. And then it's also harder to get help. Right, because we don't talk about it. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. As I've talked about before, I used to be a theater director. Yeah. And I am amazed and shocked at the number of plays where if you actually made the actors drink the amount of alcohol the characters do, as denoted by the script, you'd be trashed by the time you got to intermission. Really? And not just like trash, like falling down drunk. Wow. It's just, I I know these artists and writers drink hard. Yeah. I've seen it. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they forget that. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, that was part of my story was that, I mean, I worshipped Hunter S. Thompson. And there's almost a free pass if you're a writer yeah. or a journalist of that ilk that you're just going to. That's just part of your kit. Yeah. You got your recorder, your your pencil, your pad, and you got your flask. Or, you're, you know, you're just going to go out and just get it. And you can't write without it. You, I mean, it's just... It's so normalized as part of that that sort of hobby or um, persona. Well, if you know anyone who needs help and wants to talk, please email us. I would be glad to talk to you about it or direct you to some resources I have been utilizing on a serious note. Seriously, if you want to talk to anybody about something or know somebody who does, please reach out to us. That's themeasuredpencil at gmail.com. Yeah, we've, we've both dealt with it. Yeah. We both dealt with that, and it's uh, it can be a lonely road. Yes, it can be, but you're not alone. And there's thousands, millions of people who can relate to you and talk to you and will not judge you and will Mm-mm. be nothing but loving, compassion, empathizing towards you. you just got to reach out. And, I mean, I, I will seriously reach out. I will talk to you. I, I, I will give you my phone number. We can call, text, whatever. Well, we're almost there. Thanks for listening to another Out and About. And we're, we're there for you. If you yeah. need to help, let us know. Yeah, and, and also tune in next time to see where the Dungeons & Dragons campaign went next. We hope that uh, you enjoy the conversation and the ride-along. We love you. Good night. Good night. This was The Measured Pencil with Wes Nelson and Stephen Murray. Theme song and additional music composed and performed by Josh Baumgartner. Additional production support by Two Desk Productions. If you want to see what the pencils look like, please follow us on Instagram at The Measured Pencil. If you'd like to share your pencil story, please record a short audio file, maybe one to two minutes, and email it to us at themeasuredpencil at gmail.com. Or 
If you'd like us to review your favorite pencil, please email us with the name and it might appear on a future episode. Thanks for listening.